InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. With millions of Americans unemployed and many businesses looking to downsize, this seems like the perfect time to explore working at home. But you need to do some research before you jump in to avoid scams and make the right decisions about your work-at-home opportunity. To discuss this, let's welcome Michael Herron to InfoTrack. You're co-author of the book, Work at Home Now, the no-nonsense guide to finding your perfect home-based job, avoiding scams, and making a great living. Michael, I guess there are a lot of traps out there, many, many scams that people can fall into when they start to work at home. Is that right? Yes, we've been tracking the scam ratio, Chris, oh, for, I guess, about six years now. The scam ratio essentially is the number of bad leads or bad job offers compared to the number of legitimate ones in the work-at-home arena. And the scam ratio now uh, is at about 59 to 1, which means that, yeah, it's pretty bad, which means that out of 60 leads you might look at, only one is going to be legitimate. So would many of the ads you see in magazines that, you know, say great opportunity work at home or you might see online, people should really be skeptical about those, I guess, right? Yes, that's the best way to approach them with a healthy dose of skepticism and caution. There are a number of red flags you can look for. Among them, for example, are, oh, what we call the three Bs, and that would be beaches, bikinis, and Benjamins. When you see $100 bills fanned out on the web page or on the advertisement, then chances are it's not legitimate. If the offer arrives as spam in your inbox, for example, it's probably not legitimate either. How is a hirer to know that you're looking for a job? That's a bit too coincidental. And also, uh, if you're on a website and you see a counter counting down the minutes that you're on the website, and there are only nine positions left, for example, (laughs) and these positions are somehow miraculously available in your community at the desk where you're sitting, those are all telltale signs because they have software that do those things that seem to personalize the ad but also have a kind of psychological squeeze built into them. Those are other warning signs. Michael, do you have any idea how many legitimate work-at-home folks are out there? Well, the figures vary. I think the census figures are, they waver between 5 and 10 million, depending on how the census takers ask the question. Over half of the small businesses in the United States are less than five employees, I believe, and a great proportion of them are home-based. So it's definitely in the millions. You also point out in your book that large companies, Fortune 500 companies, also employ work-at-home people. Yes, that's true, Chris. Companies like Sun Microsystems, IBM, Dell, American Express, they all do employ home-based workers and folks who generally have a work-from-anywhere mandate. They might come into the cube you know, once a week or twice a week or once every two weeks, and otherwise they're simply working wherever they need to be. And it might be at home, it might be at the clients, it might be at the local Starbucks. We're talking with Michael Harron, who is co-author with Christine Durst of Work at Home Now. Michael, if you're somebody who's working at a company and you feel you would prefer to work at home, what type of advice would you give to maybe approach the boss with the idea of working from home? First of all, you need to keep in mind that telework, it's a privilege rather than a right. And you have to frame it to your boss or supervisor in terms of benefiting the employer. You know, companies are in business to make a profit. And so you have to put it compellingly how letting you work from home is going to increase the company's bottom line. So you go to your boss with, it's not a request, it's really a proposal. And it has to be well organized, it has to be cogent, and it has to be clear. 
So you might, for example, refer to what your company's competitor is doing. If your company's competitor or competitors have telework programs, you could point to the increased effectiveness and the uh, decreased turnover that these programs have produced. You could point to real estate savings that companies typically enjoy when they let folks work from home. And so there are various compelling stats that you can put in your proposal that'll make it juicier when your boss has a look at it. Is working from home something that anybody can do, or, or are some people just not cut out for that? No, I, it's definitely not for everyone. I think the isolation and loneliness that can typically or frequently beset home-based workers is something that any prospective home-based worker would have to consider. We call it species deprivation syndrome. It's when you've been at home for so long by yourself that you'd start talking to Elmo when Elmo's talking to his fish on television. <laughs> but it's a definite risk, and I think that for people who are, you know, say sales and marketing type folks, people who are extroverted and really enjoy being around others, they may not necessarily fare well if they're at a home-based office for most of the time. On the other hand, a lot of home-based workers are able to socialize in different places. They go to Starbucks, for example, as I mentioned, or they go to places that are called co-working centers, and those are starting to pop up here and there. And that's where home-based workers go to get their people fixed. And you can plug in your computer there, get a cup of coffee, and even have a conference room if you need one. So there are various options opening up, Chris, over time. Michael, we talked earlier about some of the scams you can run across online, but there are some obviously legitimate websites such as Monster.com and CareerBuilder. How does one go about finding work-at-home positions with those sites, or is it even possible? Those sites, each one requires a particular approach. Essentially, it involves, for example, on Monster, you'd go over and you'd use particular search terms depending on what type of job you were looking for, and you do an advanced search. We rarely recommend a simple search on these sites because the sites themselves are so deep, and you're looking for, you know, kind of looking for the needles in the haystack. So you go to Indeed or you go to Monster or Career Builder, but each one requires a separate approach because the software is different, the layout of the sites is different. But you can definitely find the jobs there. Uh, one site you might want to be a little more cautious with is Craigslist. We love Craigslist. It's a great business model. And Craig Newmark, bless him, he's done a fabulous job with his business. Mm -hmm. But there are a great many scams there in the home-based arena, and users have to be particularly careful. For somebody who's perhaps in a job and thinking, gee, I'd like to work from home, do you ever advise them to maybe stick a toe in the water and maybe work from home in the evening and then work into it, or is it better to just make the leap? I think transitioning is always a better idea because – you need to know whether or not you're cut out for it and also whether or not, let's say, you're interested, for example, in blogging. Many people would like to have their own blog and make money, you know, with ads or by other means. And so when you're doing something like that, we always recommend a transition, Chris, if it's possible. Now, if you've been laid off, that's a different kettle of fish. But if you have a job, we often recommend a part-time activity in the evening. It might be blogging. It might be website design. It might be, you know, working part-time as an English tutor or conversation instructor, something like that, that you could do part-time from home in the evening. Great idea. Well, the book is Work at Home Now, the no-nonsense guide to finding your perfect home-based job, avoiding scams, making a great living. Lots of tips and information in here. Michael Harron is co-author with Christine Durst, and the website is easy to remember. It's ratracerebellion.com. Michael, we want to thank you for joining us on InfoTrack. Well, thanks for having me, Chris. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.